Do you have goals for your life? Do you want to grow in God? Join me as we deep dive into real and relevant strategies that ignite you to seek God and slay goals. Hey, y'all. Get ready for a discussion about life, business, relationships, and more, all from a biblical perspective. And I'm your host, Felicia L. Henry. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to another episode. And I am excited about this episode. I have my sister here, my new found sister, um, Miss Alicia Wiley. Um, And we're just going to get into some good discussion. We're going to be talking about religion versus relationship, church culture versus kingdom culture. But before we dive in, Alicia, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm awesome. I cannot complain. Blessed, healthy. So all is well. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's great to hear. Yes. So introduce yourself. Let the people know who you are and what you do. Okay. My name is Alicia Wiley. I am the owner and um, creator of A Church Girl, which is a lifestyle brand which seeks to inspire and uplift everyone, everyone we have the opportunity of connecting with. I recently started a show called Churchy Chats that airs every Tuesday on Facebook Live. And it's kind of like a view, the real concept with a panel of believers, young believers that just share their um, opinions and how they feel about things that are going on in the world, current events and age old church thoughts. So that's been pretty exciting. And it's an awesome show. I have Thank you. So since I've heard about it, we actually met through BCI, uh, mm-hmm. Black Christian Influencers. And, you know, one day Alicia put a post up, you know, I'm looking for people to come on the show. I said, oh, this looks interesting. And I came on and I've, I've just I've loved the show and, um, you know, just bless you for what you're doing through it. The conversations are always rich um, and they need to happen. So I'm glad that I can support you in that way. Yeah, and I'm so grateful for your support. You really just swooped in and just been there for almost every show. And I'm so appreciative for that. I love it. I love this kingdom connection. Yes, I do too. So let's talk about, okay, before we get into this conversation, you know, I don't want people to feel like we're being judgy um, or judgmental. You know, mm-hmm. But I do think certain conversations, they should happen and sharing different perspectives um, is necessary for our own just growth um, as believers. And so from your perspective, first, what do you even think uh, church culture is versus what kingdom culture is? Well, um, I this is um, I'm not going to say hard for me to answer, but. Fortunately, I I grew up in church. My dad's a pastor and I have always been, you know, an inquisitive child. And I've always, you know, if I if I ever had questions about things that were going on that I felt even as a child, if I felt that it wasn't necessary. And I don't want to say I felt like it wasn't biblical because, you know, I was I was young. But if I if I was confused about how it related to what the Bible tells us to do. I would just ask those questions, right? So I would be like, daddy, why do we do this? Or why does this happen in church? Why do we wear this? Why does, you know, and I'm very fortunate because he would, he's the type of person that'll be like, nowhere in the Bible does it say to wear robes. You know what I mean? Um, And I'm using that as an example, but he would be honest with me and say, that's a church thing. That's not necessarily a biblical 
or um, kingdom, if if you you know want to use that term, thing. So I've been able to kind of be okay with the things that are a bit churchy, mm-hmm. and and not necessarily correlate them to kingdom. Um, I think it can be it it can be hard to um have the mentality especially for people who have been in in church all their lives it can be hard for the kingdom mentality because i feel like in the black church of course i can't speak for you know other churches but in the black church it it's often about what we do and how we do it and i i, I we've we've talked before and i said to you the i think the one of the biggest problems with the church culture itself, especially the the black culture, is we feel like, okay, what they do is good, but we're really the only ones to do it right, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that's not a kingdom mentality because however it is that God has touched on an individual to worship or to reach people, we shouldn't be judgy about that because it doesn't, you know, meet our church culture or, or it doesn't, you know, or we're not worshiping the same, or we're not looking the same, or we're not talking the same. Well, you know, we need different people and different personalities right. and different gifts, you know, to reach people for Christ. So if 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 there was anything that um, I would change about church culture as it relates to us being more kingdom-minded, is being less judgmental about the way other people do what they do. Right, right. And I know last time we talked, we were... Uh, we talked a little bit about the the dress of different mm-hmm. um, generations, and you know, there's this thing. Well, I don't even want to. Yeah, I'm trying not to be. Uh, I'm trying not to include everyone in certain categories, but sure. some older generations, you know, they look at what the younger generation wears to church. You know, they might be wearing their jeans and t-shirts mm-hmm. versus, you know, like you mentioned, the robes, and so they may feel like, okay, that that is not appropriate, quote unquote. Yes. But, you know, where in the Bible does it say that it's not? And vice versa. Right. You know, the, the, right. the younger generation might be looking at the older generation and how traditional it might be in their perspective and saying, okay, this that's not the, the proper way to do it or you need to modernize, right? So when we're talking about church culture, there's so many different perspectives. And I think we just kind of, Number one, like you said, we can't be judgmental in it. Um, and I think really we should be looking, what what does the Bible say this whole thing should look like, right? And so I think exactly. if, if we kind of had that mindset, we would be more concerned about, okay, having the fruit of what the Bible says it should look like versus being concerned about Absolutely. how somebody else might be worshiping or what, you know, what their quote unquote culture looks like. Yeah, and for me, I'm a I'm I'm young. Um, well, I consider myself young, and I am more traditional when it comes to what is being worn in church and what and I, you know, there are ministries that I look at and I'd be like, Yes, I love what they're doing. But then in the back of my mind, I'd be like, Could I really go there? And you know, the saints in ripped jeans and you know, but I had to I I, I constantly kind of had to um push myself to like, come on, what are you doing? Like, why, why, why is that even, if you love what they're doing and you love what they're doing for Christ, then why is what 
what they have on even matter to you like that. Right. You know, so I've had to push myself. And, and the last time we had a conversation, I even said something about, you know, like it being dim in the sanctuary, right? And the spirit of the living God convicted me because that is something that I, I'm not going to say I looked down upon, but I, I couldn't say that I fully understood. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord brought to my mind, he brought to my remembrance that since we've been in, you know, the COVID, we've had it dark in, in the sanctuary, right? Because, I mean, you know, just for, um, I don't want to say production value, but just because it looks better right. with just your stage lights on and the house lights down. And the Lord was like, and you like it <laughs> and you want to judge other people about, and I was like, you know what, Lord, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I think, you know, we have experiences where we can say, I used to think this about this, but I, I, I have a, I have a different view of it because the Lord opened up my eyes or he allowed me to have an experience and to realize ultimately it's about, like we said, adding to the kingdom, not necessarily adding to a church mm. or being so by the book. However, people want to run their church. I hope it's, you know, spirit led. That's all I can right. say. As long as the spirit of God is there and leading you and guiding you, then it, 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 the other stuff is semantics. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And I think, so I've been, I, I feel like I'm a mix of, you know, traditional and I don't know what to call mm -hmm. new age. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I've seen a lot of different styles and, and, you know, I think I, I'm at a maturity level where I can ask those questions. Like you were saying, um, you can ask your father and I can kind of decipher what's, church and what's, you know, kingdom. But I think for some people who may be new believers um, and not just as mature in their faith, some of the things that they might see in our work, specifically talking about the black church, um, you know, just in our services, it might be confusing to them and they might not understand. And so um, I think that's important too, for us to consider when we are, you know, in our quote unquote, whatever it looks like, church culture, that we are mindful of those people who are the the newer ones in Christ who might not understand, you know, the traditions mm -hmm, that we have in mm -hmm. our culture. We're, you know, most of us, well, not most, but a lot of us, we grew up in church. And so this is kind sure. of like second nature to us. But for somebody that's, you know, just coming from a different type of lifestyle, the church lifestyle can be scary, absolutely. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> It can honestly be scary. And, and and our church is a very high spirited church. You know, we might run, we might, you know, be dancing for, for half an hour. I mean, you know, so you never really know what you're going to get. So my thing is I always try to new members and new, new Christians, particularly, I really just try to love on them and make them feel as at home as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we do a lot of hugging on people and, and making them feel like they're at home. And I I don't make questions a big deal, right? Like if you have a question about something that's happening, please, please feel free to ask me. I would be concerned if you did not ask me, right? So I think we just have to work harder to make people feel that it's okay. So many of us feel like the moment somebody questions, well, what is that? What is that? That they're, you know, trying to be negative mm -hmm. or they're trying to tear us down. No, they're trying to understand. understand. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's only, it's only right for us to understand. Like you said, if they're coming from an unchurched background, 
then it, it it can be like you hear people speaking in tongues and passing out and running and you're like, what is going on? So there's a lot, I think, that has to be explained and we just have to do it in love. Right. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Um, now we've both, you know, grown up in church. Have there been or I mean, have the things that you have maybe experienced or seen in church, has that ever kind of turned you off from pursuing or did it discourage you from pursuing your your kingdom assignment? Um I, yes and no. Um and I'm I'm gonna say no. Uh, well I'll say yes. Let's start with the yes. Yes because I don't know if it was more me or more what I felt from other people, but that's why I guess I say it's a yes or a no. Because as, as a church girl got started because it I was a young person and I was like okay I well when I was a teenager, people would just talk about how me and my sister dressed and and I used to be like, now wait a minute now. You better be lucky I'm in church. And I I mean in <laughs> church, like I was active in church. You know what I mean? I'm like, how many people at 17 years old, you know, was active in church and, and really committed to the cause? And I'm like, y'all just y'all are really judgy, and I'm gonna wear what I want to wear. And as I got older, you know, I matured a little bit and I was like, okay. You know, maybe I, I can't, and not that my clothes were super crazy, but you know, it might have been a little tight, little snug, you know, tight mm-hmm. jeans, whatever, you know, how teenagers right. dress. And as I got older, I was like, okay, I, I can do better, you know, maturity. And I, I was somewhat frustrated with trying to find something appropriate to wear to church. And I always felt like no matter how, hard I try, like, oh, this is the perfect dress. And I go to church and somebody that's too short or that's too tight. And I'm like, okay. So I, I did this thing where I decided to give myself a uniform and I bought about five or six black maxi dresses and like cardigans. Cause you know, most of the maxis would be like mm-hmm. sleeveless or whatever. So I bought a little cardigan and those were like my uniforms and I would just change them out and I would wear the same thing week after week after week after week. And at first I was okay with it. And then I started to kind of feel a little depressed and I didn't understand oh, why. Wow. I'm like, it can't be because I'm wearing these clothes. Cause it's not like it's something I don't like, but I was no longer really using my creativity in what I really love to do, which was fashion. And when I thought of a church girl, I was like, I, I can't truly be depressed or I can't truly be down because I, you know, I'm not really fooling with clothes. Like that can't be the real reason. And then I started to look at it differently and say, well, maybe this is something that uh, that's a God given gift. And, you know, being raised in church, you never hear. Well, well now you do. It's, it's much better. Right. But when you, you know, coming up years ago, when we came up, it was a little different. You didn't hear about unusual mm-hmm. gifts. You didn't hear about God really being um, a practical gift giver. Right. So even if you were good in plumbing. Let's say you're good in plumbing. Nobody ever really told you that that was your God-given gift when it very well could be. So my mind had to get wrapped around the thought that fashion and reaching people through another medium that was totally different, totally different than anything that I'd ever really conceived in my mind was really a God-given thing. And this is something that wasn't really for the church per se, the four walls. Yes, it was. But then again, it wasn't. It it was something that was bigger than that. It was my kingdom assignment. And I just had to adjust my mind 
because of, you know, what I had been through and just kind of preconceived notions. So I can't completely blame it on other mm-hmm. people, but I think it was a combination of, you know, how I, and, and not that I was raised, you know, not to, you know, um, develop your own personal gifts, but it, it was just a combination of my experiences and, and things that I've heard, things that I've seen, and just me getting over the fact that just because it might not be pastor, preacher, deacon, choir member, usher, that doesn't mean it's not legitimately a God-given gift. Right. So, yeah, I yeah. love that you said that because a lot of times um, in the church, when we think about, you know, giftedness or, you know, someone being anointed, it's to do those things that you mentioned, oh, a preacher or a teacher or, you know, just doing something in the church. But that does not necessarily mean that it's limited to inside of the church. Really, you know, as believers, we're called to go into the world. And so a lot of a lot of times our kingdom assignments are going to be outside of the four walls of the church. And I think you did, you know, like you mentioned, now it is better um, that we do kind of highlight it in that way. But before it, it really it really wasn't. And so I'm glad that you did mention that because, you know, we we definitely need to just open up our minds to what our giftedness really is, um, that is, that it doesn't have to be relegated to something that we're doing on Sunday morning. So. Absolutely. And we're in church for what? An hour, an hour and a half, two hours tops. So really what happens in church is we're, we're supposed to go into church and get we're supposed to be taught, we're supposed to be uh, rejuvenated, you know, revived. And, you know, there's a beautiful, there's something beautiful about the the fellowship of the saints, right? Mm-hmm. But we really go there to get equipped, to go out in the world and live a life that's truly lived for Christ and to reach people for Christ. So really, a, the church is really a training right. ground, right? It's really a place for us to get what we need to go out and really live our lives so that we can somehow, some way in our own way, bring people yeah. to Christ. Yeah. And it's definitely necessary. So I'm not saying that those gifts aren't important. Um, right. And uh, so I, a while ago, I had told my pastor that I felt like I, I didn't miss church. And, you know, we had mm-hmm. this whole conversation about it. And, you know, ultimately he said that we still need the church because for some people, that is the only way that they're going to, you know, find Christ is actually coming into a building. And so while, you know, for me, somebody who's been in church her whole life and, you know, working, working in ministry comes with an an extra layer of just stuff on Sunday morning, (laughs) on Sunday morning. Oh, yes. So sometimes we can feel like, oh man, I I just need a break. I'm tired of this. But for those, for Mm -hmm. some other people, that is how they, are introduced to Christ, you know? And so while we may have our particular feelings about whatever, you know, coming to church every Sunday or getting tired, it's still necessary. You know, the church, the service, the coming together of the saints, it is still necessary for us to, it's a part, it's a part of how the gospel is, is spread. Yeah, and I completely understand. And I can be honest, I, I miss church and then I don't miss church. You know, it's like it's like a 50-50. And I don't even know, I don't know if I could say 50-50, but there are parts of me that miss the church, and then there are parts of me that don't miss the church. And I or church. I don't want to say the church, right. but church. And I have gotten used to now this whole new dynamic, right? So I am a part of the service still. Um, so I, I come in, I, I do my, my part. So it, I, I haven't stopped going to the church building, 
Um, but there are some things that I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this might not be such a bad idea. I'm kind of getting used to it. But then there are other things that I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I, I miss the people. I miss this. I miss that. But I completely understand um, because I'm, I'm getting very not comfortable right. <laughs> with this new setup, with this new setup. I, I do understand. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, um, all in all, church is good. Uh, but, you know, even if we do have those moments where we feel like, okay, we we don't necessarily want to go to church this Sunday. I think one of the things that's important to mention is that we might not miss church, but our relationship with Christ isn't diminishing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And it's not, uh, you know, a relationship with Christ is not uh, confined to being in church on Sunday morning. So right. for you, um, talk a little bit about the importance. You know, there's this phrase out there, relationship versus religion. Um, so mm -hmm. to you, what does that mean, um, relationship versus religion? Um, I, I am very fortunate that what I know of religion was really taught um, on the basis of relationships. Right. But I know in a lot of cases, that's not the case. And I'm not going to say religion equals relationship. What I will say is religion is the vehicle to relationship, but just like any, or it can be, it's not the only vehicle, but I will say just like any other vehicle at some point, it can only get you so close. At some point you have to get out and walk mm, the rest of the way. Good. So, you know what I'm saying? So religion can be that thing that can bring you very close, but there are only some things and then the relationship that you have with Christ can only be built by you putting the time in. It can only be built by you making the effort. It can only be built by you stepping outside of whatever vehicle has gotten you to this point and pushing in. And as, as we say now, mm -hmm. leaning in, right. And making that effort because religion can make you feel like it's relationship, right. And it can be deceptive in that, Oh, I go to church. And I have a nice little experience, you know, but we really do. You really, truly have a relationship with God. So it's our responsibility to um, use whatever it is that God has given us, whether it be religion, whether it be, you know, a, a friend, whatever, whatever it is that God uses us to get us to that relationship. We must realize that that cannot take us all the way. We have to go the rest of the way. If it that does. Makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and so talk a little bit about how your relationship with Christ has just sustained you throughout the years, kind of just through some things you've experienced. Um, you know, when, when you think about things that you've been through and, and you think back over your life, sometimes you kind of look back over your life as the mm -hmm. old people say and think things over and you'd be like, wow, God really brought me through and he really bought, brought me out of so many things. And um, I, I honestly, Felicia, don't know what my life would have looked like had it not been for God keeping me. And if it not, if it had not been for him never, um, leaving or forsaking me for lack, for lack of a better term or words, I just, when I look back to maybe my early teenage year or my late teenage years, um, well, well, I can start really with my early childhood, but you know, when you're a child, you don't really realize the struggles that your parents or, you know, you may be going through right. because you're a kid, right? So um, my dad would tell stories about how, you know, my dad has been full-time ministry all of his life. He's never had oh, wow. another job, right? So 
he and my mom got married, you know, she was kind of pulling the load and, and he wasn't really making that much money as a preacher pastor. So, you know, there would be times he's told me stories, you know, he would say, you know, you all, you and your sister would ask for, you know, uh, some fries from McDonald's. And at that time they were like 35 cents. So I'm telling my age, I'm sounding like somebody really old now, but they were really like, you know, change. And he would be like, you know, I would just say, you know, we have food at home or I'm going to take you to Mama Hat's house, who was my grandmother to get something to eat because she cooked. He was like, but in reality, I didn't have 35 cents. Mm -hmm. Right. So that hit me in a place to let me know how God has really truly taken care of my family down through the years. And even as I got older, as a teenager, you know, we were pretty, you know, decently, well, we were pretty well off or, you know, doing pretty well, but then Katrina hit and, you know, our lives changed, truly changed forever. And we didn't have a church. We worshiped in a, in a tent for seven years and, and that was ups and downs. And then we were in a tent. I mean, and then we were in a school for three years and, you know, to see, you know, your, your parents' salary be cut in half, but you literally never mm -hmm. lack anything and, and you literally never want for anything and lights never been off and, and food has always been on the table. And you just realize that, that God in his faithfulness just has kept you over and over again. And when I look back and when I think about it, that is truly what has sustained me is just his faithfulness towards me and, and everything that he's done in spite, in Jeez. spite of who I am and, you know, and in spite of what I do, I'm like, God, I am nowhere near worthy, nowhere near worthy for you to even think of me yet. I I'm so important to you. And even more recently, you know, with COVID-19, I had COVID-19 and my parents had COVID-19 and it hit all of us differently. And my father, it was more gastrointestinal for him. And he literally was down and couldn't eat. He was sleeping literally like 23 hours a day. The only time he would get up is to use the restroom and literally couldn't keep his eyes open, literally was just so weak. And, and I would just pray. And I'm like, Lord, I, my, my tears had to be my mm -hmm. prayers at that point because I just... I just honestly didn't even have it. I, I couldn't pray. It, it, you know, that those were, that's when I learned. Well, well I don't want to say I learned, but that's when I relearned when God reminded me tears can indeed be prayers, right? And he can really truly um, hear our hearts, even when we don't have the strength to even open our mouth to say the word. And my mom, you know, she had a, a hospital stay and, you know, her going to the hospital, having to go by herself, the ambulance came and got her and you know, of course I knew that I couldn't go with her in my mind. Right. But my, you're taking my mom to the hospital. So my, my mental, you know, as I'm going, but also I knew I couldn't go. So it was, a, it was a, it was a, I, I can't really explain it. Cause there were two things going right. on in my head at the same time. My heart said you're going and my mind knew that I couldn't go, but it, it didn't hit me until they put her in the ambulance. And I realized I couldn't go. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And then she said, um, my, my family nickname is Boo. She said, Boo, are you going to follow behind them? And and when I had to tell her that I was like, my, I can't go. And she was like, oh, yeah, but that broke my heart. You know, that broke my heart because it was like, I, mm. I felt helpless. Yeah. You know, I felt helpless in that moment. And, and so many times we try to control everything. And we feel like we can fix everything. And we feel like only if I'm there or only if, you know, I have my hands on it or I have my say in it, 
that everything's going to be all right. But that that's not the truth. And the Lord showed that to me. He was like, I got this. You don't have this. I got this. And I'm going to show you that. So just honestly, his faithfulness towards me and his constant just grace and, and the patience, if yeah. I can be honest, <laughs> you know, um, he, everything that God has been to me has, is the reason why I, I'm here today. And I don't have, you know, some people have, you know, stories of abuse and stuff like that. I had a very um, good upbringing, a very good home, very good family. But sometimes people see that as problem free or, or that your life is, you know, well, you don't really need God. Oh, absolutely. You know, there are ups and downs and there are just things in life that you don't see coming, but God is truly so, so faithful. Oh, man. He's so Yeah. Faithful. I, I mean, well, first though, that, that was a powerful testimony. So glad that your parents are, and you are doing well now. Um, but just when you're talking about the faithfulness of God and and when you say you just look back, you know, anybody who has a relationship, I mean, just a memory of what he has brought you through. You know, it's it's just amazing that he remains faithful even when we are not. And I just can recall so many times where I am. I'm like, you're still here. You're still remaining faithful. You're still blessing. You're still keeping. Mm -hmm. You're still, you know, showing me grace and mercy, even though I keep doing the same thing and messing up. Oh, Lord, right. I ain't going to do it no more. How many times have I had that testimony? It is, it is just enough to like break you down in tears just to just to yes. think of how faithful God is. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm not even going to keep going because, I mean, I, we're about to have a crying session right it's now. It's real. I'm he telling you. So I'm telling you. Faithful. I'm telling you. So, yes, he is. And and that's truly what, you know, that's truly what has sustained me. And, and every time I think about it, that is the thing that, that is the thing you will probably hear me say the most about God is his faithfulness. I mean, you know, he's so many things. And, and of course, he's more things that we can even begin to say. But his faithfulness towards me, it 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 amazes me yeah. every time, every day, every day, every day. I'm amazed Absolutely. by his faithfulness. Now, there might be some people who, um, you know, they're listening to us and, and they might not have that relationship um, yet with Christ. Um where they share these sentiments. And so for somebody who might just be looking to strengthen their relationship, what are some practical things, you know, just from your perspective that they can do to strengthen their relationship with Christ? Well, one of the things I would say um, is, is carve out a devotional time that you are committed to every single day to spend time with God. And here's the thing about it. Start with five minutes if you have to. I know a lot of times, you know, we feel like if I don't pray for an hour or if I'm not, you know, reading my Bible for an hour, praying for an hour, but it, you can be so overwhelmed by that and the enemy can use it as a tactic, especially now in social media, you know, people um, post their <laughs> Bible studies, you know, they, they post their highlights in their Bible. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but it can be intimidating if you read a post and it says, oh, you know, I was in prayer for three hours this morning and, and I came and, and it makes you feel like what you're right. doing is not enough, but you have to start somewhere. So, so start with the time. Usually the morning is better for most people because 
once we get our day going, it's kind of hard to go back, right? It's it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. quiet the noise. So like I like to tell my young people, I'm the youth pastor at my church. I like to t- listen, y'all don't have to wake up five hours earlier. Just make small adjustments in five minutes in the morning and five minutes before you go to bed. J- just make a commitment and you will see that time grow. You will see that desire grow. But just start small and not be intimidated by um, what other people, what you might see in other people or what you even might hear from other people. This is your walk. This is this is your relationship. And like I said, God will draw you and, and there will come a time where time won't even be an issue for you. You'll look up right. in three hours, half past. Right. But you have to get to that point. And also with relationship, um, relationships are developed and we often don't think of our relationship with God like with a person, you know, if I, if I meet you for the first time, it's not likely that I'm going to pour out my heart to you. I mean, it depends on which way the conversation goes, but in reality, if we just meet on the street and we may have a brief conversation, and even if we feel a connection, the likelihood of us just getting to each other's deepest, darkest secrets and, you know, that type of thing and developing a deep relationship, that's going to take time. So just like it takes time with the person, it takes time with God and he draws us. That's another thing. When you feel him nudging on you, answer it, right? When you feel him tugging, let, you know, respond to that because that's him telling you, I want to spend time with you. I want to be with you. I want our relationship to grow, but he's not going to force you, you know, so um, start small listen to the the Holy Spirit, you know, pulling you towards him. And um, I have a wall in my, in my, in my room where I have sticky notes with scriptures on them. And I put it in a place that I have to see it every single day. Like I, it's not, or I have to see it all day, really. It's not something that I can avoid, but it helps me. First of all, it's an encouragement to me because sometimes I'll be laying in my bed and maybe I'm feeling sick or I'm feeling a little down, you know, and I can literally from my bed, just turn my body and look at it's, it's grown to about 90 something scriptures now, but it started off small and it took me a while to build it up. But just to look at it, I can't even sometimes read the words, but I know that that's God, God's word. And it just does something to me just to have it where I can see it. So that can be a way to develop your relationship too, is if you're constantly reading God's word and you're constantly putting in places that you have to see, it's going to get into your heart, you know, and it's going to connect with you. And you may be like, well, I can't remember scriptures, but you'll be surprised if you just see something every single day that when the time comes, when you need it, that thing will literally bubble up in you and you'll be like, (laughs) oh, okay, okay. You know, so just just small practical things um, to do just to get your relationship to grow your yeah, relationship. I think with those Christ. were all great points, um, and especially the the you know the piece about social media and not getting distracted by what people are seeing because it's such a it's such a prevalent part of our lives that it gets so easy to get caught up in what other people are doing or seeing what's happening on social media. Mm. And I know for me, that had been a a huge deterrent for me, Um, you know, to the point where I had to start, you know, deleting, muting people, unfollowing, because it can get to be so much when you're comparing the things that you are doing to what you see somebody else doing. And like you said, it makes you feel like you're not doing enough. And I'm like, they read 
they were in prayer for an hour. I can't really. I, right. I feel like I've been praying for an hour. I look right, up it's exactly. been two minutes. So you get into this whole comparison <laughs> thing. And really, you know, it's just important to start where you are and, and, and run your own race and run your own process because we're all being Absolutely. processed differently. And so um, I would definitely echo that, you know, that um, piece of advice is, is please don't look at what everybody else is doing. This is a relationship between you and God. And so that, you know, if you keep him as your focus, um, it'll definitely, definitely develop. So I, I just wanted to echo that as well. Yeah. And you're absolutely right because my, my unfollow game and has been strong in this, in this COVID for a lot of reasons, not just for reasons of comparison, but that has been the main reason lately. But before it, it was hard for me. Now I'm, I'm, I'm lying in bed sick. My parents are sick and I'm seeing posts that say stuff like, you know, if you're not being productive right now, then, um, you know, there's something yeah. wrong with you, you know, or if you don't come out of this with a side hustle. And yes, I knew that I was sick. Yes, I knew that I was caring for two sick parents, but still, that still did something to me. Right. And I was like, you know what? Nope. And and like you said, um, seeing people, sometimes we think that if I follow somebody who, you know, who we feel like has it together spiritually or or whatever, business, whatever, that it will encourage us. And sometimes it right. doesn't, sometimes Absolutely. it doesn't. You know, sometimes it can just, like you said, start that comparison game and make us feel like what we're doing is not enough. And even when it came to me coming out of my sickness, it, it was, it took a little minute for me to start to be pr productive again, right? It, it took me a few minutes to be able to really process what I had been through and even to get back into my daily devotional time and stuff like that. That stuff didn't kickstart immediately. And, and being on social media made me feel yeah. even worse. You know, and, and seeing certain things made me feel like, well, Lord, what? I mean, I just, it made me feel low and like what I was doing wasn't enough and all of that stuff. And I had to really just be able to say, you know, it's, it's people like to say, oh, well, if you black people or if you unfollow them, that's petty. I had to get over that rhetoric, right? I had to get over that narrative. I'm like, miss me with that. If something is not serving me, I'm not unfollowing be you because I dislike you. If it's a reason that, I'm not doing well with what I'm seeing on my feet. Right. And I have to, to control my, to change my mental that. health. It matters. You know? <laughs> right. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the biggest deal is being able to know and spot the things that aren't serving you and being able to get right. rid of them without guilt or without feeling like, you know, the social tells me I'm this and I'm that you do what you have to do for you. Absolutely. I'm not even going to add anything to that. <laughs> so as we wrap up, is there any, you know, final words or anything else that you want to share about this topic? I don't think oh, so. I awesome. think we covered everything. So this was good, though. I think, you know, it's always good just to share perspectives. And, um, you know, for me, I, I just want people to be encouraged wherever you are, however you feel about church culture, relationship religion um that mm -hmm. that you let your walk be your walk um and that you absolutely it's you and god it's it's you and god and and just mm -hmm. really develop that mm -hmm. and i man i promise you when i stopped worrying about what other people thought when i really truly put god first um 
and and just was focused on that and wasn't distracted by all the other things, even including quote unquote church culture, whatever. Um, that's when, mm-hmm. you know, things started becoming clear. That's when the relationship actually got deeper um, and, and I was strengthened and, and all these other things. So that's my encouragement to you all who's listening. Just just connect with God and, and let him guide and direct you. Yes. So, Alicia, I appreciate you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so yes, glad to have been discussion. here today. And so at the time of this recording, we are preparing for the Seek God's Legos virtual summit. I am super yes. excited about it uh, to be. So yesterday I did a, a live stream that talked about how the summit almost didn't happen. So if you guys did not uh, catch that, just go to our Facebook page. Facebook page, Seek God, Seek God, Slay Goals, and check that video out. But the virtual summit, our theme this year is Break Free, and um, it's going to be four nights, July 27th through the 30th. And we are going to give you the foundational tools that you need to break free from the chains and the cycles that you found yourself in uh, so that you can break free emotionally, emotionally. physically, spiritually, um, and in your economics. So it's a free virtual summit and you can go and register now. Seekgodslaygoals.com slash summit. Alicia, thank you again for coming on. Thank you all for listening and I will see y'all in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Seek God Slay Goals podcast. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Seek God Slay Goals.